What's up, Everlast? We doing good tonight? We are doing good. Well, my name is Tina. I am the young adult coordinator here, and I'm also married to Kevin, who is our young adult pastor. And tonight, we are continuing in our series, Abide. And so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to John chapter 15, as we are going to be continuing in this passage of Scripture. And if you uh, were not here last week, uh, Kevin taught on the first two verses of John chapter 15 and did just uh, such a great job introducing this passage and diving into the context of those two verses. And so just to give you some context, as Kevin mentioned last week, uh, just so you're tracking with us for the next few verses, uh, in this specific text, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he is sharing with them this teaching that is only but less than uh, 24 hours before Jesus is arrested and then later crucified. And so these are crucial and important words that Jesus is speaking to his disciples and is sharing with us as we read this text. So uh, just keep that in mind as we are continuing on uh, in this passage. And so John uh, chapter 15 verses 3 through 5 uh, is where we're going to be spending our time tonight. Uh, But let's go ahead and read starting in verse 1. John 15, 1 through 5. Uh, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much, much fruit, uh, for apart from me you can do nothing. Uh, let's pray one more time together. Father, we come before you tonight, Lord, asking Uh, that you would speak to us. Lord, uh, Kevin prayed this earlier for me, just we were back here while everyone was worshiping, and uh, he just prayed over me that that my aim tonight would be to please you. And I just pray that for my heart, and I pray that for every heart in the room tonight, that our aim would be to please you. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would speak to us now. Lord, would you use me to... Uh, speak clearly, Lord, that, uh, cl- that it would be um, just full of clarity as we dive into uh, John 15. Father, your will be done in and through this place. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are going to uh, start off tonight with some fun crowd participation. Now, I know some of you who just wooted thrive on this. The rest of you are like, where's the doors? Like, I am wanting to bolt that way. Let me just encourage you. Uh, It's not that crazy. Don't have to worry. Uh, Super simple. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a deep breath in and out. Not now, but that was good. I heard heard that from here. Uh, I want you to take a deep breath in and then a, a deep breath out. Are you ready? Catch your breath for those in the room already feeling a little panicked, right? 
Ready? Here we go. All the same time. Take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. So good. We're just going to do that one more time. Promise. This isn't going to get weird. We normally do not start off Everlast this way, but we're just going to do this one more time. Okay, ready? Deep breath in. Deep breath out. So good. Great job. Listen, that's all the participation I'm going to ask of you tonight, so you can now relax. Here's the reason I had you do that. I want to ask you a rhetorical question. How did you do that? How did you just breathe? I don't know, Tina. You just told me to do it, and I did it. Think about that. H how are you breathing right now? Well, if you didn't learn this in school, here is how breathing works. Breathing starts when you inhale air into your nose or mouth. It travels down to the back of your throat and into your windpipe, which is divided into air passages called bronchial tubes. As the bronchial tubes pass through your lungs, they divide into smaller air passages called bronchioles. The bronchioles end in tiny balloon-like air sacs called alveoli, and your body has about 600 million alveoli. The alveoli are surrounded by a mesh of tiny blood vessels called capillaries, and here oxygen from inhaled air passes into your blood. After absorbing oxygen, blood goes to your heart, and your heart then pumps it through your body to the cells of the, your tissues and organs. As the cells use the oxygen, they make carbon dioxide that goes into your blood. Your blood then carries the carbon dioxide back to your lungs where it is removed from your body when you exhale. Did you catch all that? That just went down, all of that, from you breathing. Crazy, right? Now, when I asked you to breathe, did you tell the air in which you breathe in to go down to your windpipe and divide into the bronchial tubes? Did, did you tell your heart, hey, hey, I need you to start pumping now? For it to go through the body, to the cells, to your tissues and organs, and then to make carbon dioxide, that, which is then removed from your body when you exhale? No. Right? We, we all know that. We know that we didn't have to tell our bodies to breathe. We just did it. Now, the reason you are able to take your very next breath isn't because you say, breathe, or tell yourself to breathe. It's because God is the sustainer and giver of your every single breath. In fact, Acts 17, 24 through 25 says this, The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord and heaven of earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. Meaning, God not only uh, has given you your very next breath, he is the one who made it. He made you, the world, everything in it. He himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. We need Jesus in order to breathe. I love how David Mattis said it. He said, bodily activity is so basic, so obvious, often so assumed that we easily overlook what a superpower it is. That superpower is given from an almighty, powerful God. Now, why tell you this? Well, what does any of this have to do with the passage of Scripture tonight? 
Well, in just these few verses of scripture, verses three through five, Jesus is going to show us in this metaphor that he gives to his disciples and to us our true need, reliance, and dependency upon him for us to be able to do anything that has real eternal value and is fruitful. That this passage is going to show us our need for Jesus. And he does that by using this metaphor of a vine and branches. So again, John 15, 3 through 5, read with me. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. First thing we need to know in order to help us better understand these just few verses is that Jesus is the vine. Based off what we just read, Jesus refers to himself as the vine. He says that in verse 5, I am the vine. We also know that based off of last week's message, if you were here, when Jesus starts off the verse in verse 1 with, I am the true vine. Right, Jesus is referring to himself as the vine. This is one of his I am statements that he gives us throughout scripture. I am the true vine. He is saying, I am the vine who gives life. I am the vine who is the source of life. I am, I am the vine who is here to do my father's will. I am the vine. And then he goes on to introduce you. Look at verse 5. I am the vine. Ready? Here's the introduction. You are the branches. That's what you are. Now, that's important because Jesus is showing us who he is and who we are. I'm the vine. And you know what you are? You're a twig. Super impressive, right? Everlast, we are all twigs. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm a twig. Were you impressed by that? No. If I were to walk up to you and say, do you know who I am? I'm a twig. You would be first probably like, that's a little weird, Tina. And and then you would be like, great, awesome, right? It's not super impressive. A twig isn't super impressive. Fun fact, do you know what the only thing twigs in a vineyard are used for? They are good for two things, burning and bearing fruit. Two things. It's used for burning because you can't build anything with grape wood. It's not strong enough to be used for that. It's too soft. It would just fall apart. And since you can't use it to build, it's used for burning. You burn it. So it's good for burning or bearing fruit. Verse 4, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Branches are to bear fruit. We are to bear fruit. But listen, branches can only bear fruit if they are attached to the vine. Branches have to abide in the vine in order to produce fruit. So what does abide mean? The Greek word for abide is meno, which means to remain and to stay connected. But we have to remain in the vine. And Jesus is saying in this passage, I am the vine and you are the branches. 
If you abide in me and I in you, you're going to bear much fruit, which is awesome, Everlast, because listen, our value, our worth, our identity doesn't come in you being a twig. It doesn't come from you being a branch. Instead, your value and your worth and your identity comes in you being connected to the vine. It comes from you being connected to Jesus. And Jesus is saying, you branch, you twig, as you abide in me, as you remain in me, as you dwell in me, as you continue and are connected with me, I'm going to do awesome things through you. I'm going to produce much fruit through you. But you need me in order to do that. You, you can't do that on your own. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Everlast, you can't even be a twig without Jesus. And there's a reason for that. Because clearly without a vine, there is no branch. It doesn't exist. Right? Have you ever seen a branch just appear out of thin air? No. They don't just randomly float in thin air. Branches are connected to a vine. You can't even be a branch without Jesus, nonetheless produce fruit. We need and have to have Jesus for us as twigs to live and to bear fruit. Knowing who we are as branches and who he is as the vine keeps us humble, keeps us in this needy and dependent state and reliance upon him that causes us to remain in him. And it's a cause and effect. Right? We need Jesus, and therefore we abide and remain in Jesus. And it's the same for the opposite. If I don't think I need the vine, I'm not going to remain in the vine. I'll just give you an example. My nephew, who is four, when he wants something, when he, he needs something, he goes to his mom, and he stands there, and he says, I need socks. I need shoes. I need you to grab my tractor. It's too high. I need snacks, I'm hungry, I need help, I need, I need, I need. And he will keep asking and he will remain and he will stay there in my sister's presence because he needs my sister for those things. He, he can't do some of those things by himself. And listen, it's the same for us, yet we need Jesus every minute of every hour of every day. We are a needy people who need the true vine. We, we can't do anything without him. We can't do anything of eternal and significant value without Jesus. And, and another just really great example of that, of just our desperate need for the true vine, continues in verse 3. Look at verse 3 with me. Jesus says, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Jesus is saying to his disciples, you are already clean. Well, how, how are they already clean? Because if you remember from last week, Jesus has just said in verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Right? Again, we talked about this last week. And the end of that verse is talking about Jesus pruning us. Right? He has to cut away. He has to trim branches in order for us to bear more fruit. It's this uncomfortable process of when the Lord allows you to walk through things that are not fun. Things that you wouldn't want to walk through again. Seasons in your life that you would not repeat again. However, because of the pruning, you walked out of that season with more fruit. 
You, you walked out of that season bearing more fruit. And so Jesus tells us in verse 2, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. But then he continues in verse 3 and says, yet already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Well, what is Jesus telling us? If, if Jesus said we need pruning, but yet we were already clean, how is that possible? How can I be clean but still need pruning? Well, that word cleaned in verse 3 is the Greek word for katharos, which means to be cleansed by pruning. The Greek word in verse 2 is pruning is katharo and is the same word for cleansed. That they're play on words. Jesus is saying, you were already pruned in the fact that he has done a supernatural work of pruning. And that supernatural work of pruning is that he has cleansed us from the record of our sins. You still need pruning to bear fruit, a.k.a. sanctification. But you are already pruned from the punishment of sin, salvation. Colossians 2, 13 through 14 talks about this. And you who were dead in your trespasses and, un, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Right, This position of already being washed and already pruned happened. Why? John 15, 3 because of the word that I have spoken to you. The disciples believed in the word and therefore were made clean. When Jesus is referring to the word in John 15, he is talking about the word, the whole message of Jesus, right? Him being the eternal son of God, him coming in the flesh, him being without sin, him dying for his sheep, him rising from the dead. It is the gospel. It is the good news of Jesus. And so when Jesus is telling his disciples, already you are clean, it is because they believed in the word. Because of believing in the word, this is the connection between a person and Christ. Don't miss this. Believing the word is the joining that God creates between the branch and the vine, between the disciple and Jesus. And in an instant of that joining, the believer is completely clean. And it's not because we did anything to earn salvation. It's not because we strived and worked really hard as branches to become clean. It's because of the work that Christ already did for us. All we have to do is believe in the true vine and we are clean. And verse 3 is just a great example that we truly can't do anything apart from Jesus. We can't save ourselves. We can't be clean without Jesus. We can't do anything without him. It is because of Jesus, the vine, that we, the branches, are even able to be connected to the vine in the first place. We get to remain in the vine, and that's only because of the work that Christ did for us on the cross. Jesus is really showing us here our position as the branch, that remaining in the vine, staying connected, being in his presence, is not because of who we are, but because of what he as the vine has done for us. He is the vine, and we are the branches. Which leads us to our second thing we need to know about this passage. 
Because Jesus is the vine, we don't need to be. And here's what I mean by that. Oftentimes, we tend to think that we're the vine. Uh, We get what I like to call identity confusion, where we start acting like the vine instead of acting like the branch where we start trying to operate in the role of the vine instead of operating in the role of the branch. And Jesus is making it very clear here in verse 5, who is the vine and who are the branches? He is saying, don't mistake the two. They are totally two different things. I am the vine, you are the branch. And it's important we don't uh, confuse the two because what's the point of a vine? The vine is the life source for the branches. The vine is the conduit of all the nutrients so that the branch can live. That is the role of the vine. You see, the role of the vine is to give life while the branches receive life. The role of the vine is to give nutrients while the branch receives its nutrients. The vine is the benefactor, the one who gives, while the branch is the beneficiary, the one who receives. In other words, we aren't made or created to give life. We are made and created to receive life. And so I think this is just a good question everlasting, just to ask yourself. Am I living and thinking, am I living and thinking like a vine or am I living and thinking like a branch? Now, don't misunderstand what I'm not saying. We, of course, are to be imitators of Christ. Right, Ephesians 5, 1 through 2, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us and offering in a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Of course, we are to follow God and be imitators of him. That, that is not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about you trying to play God or be God. Are you living and thinking like a vine or are you living and thinking like a branch? Because when we mix this up, we get identity confusion. And at times, we tend to think we are the vine. And that can manifest itself through many different ways, right? That can manifest itself through self, where you believe that you don't really need God for everything. You only go to God when you think you need him. You only go to him in prayer when it's something you know you can't do. But if it's something you got handled, I don't really need to go to God. It's this self-reliance of, I got this. Which is ultimately you trying to function as the vine. It can manifest itself through self by thinking you are God's gift to creation. That every accomplishment, talent, achievement, it's all you. When, in fact, every good thing in your life is only a product of the goodness of Jesus flowing through your life. When you are about uh, bringing glory to oneself, you are functioning as the vine. It can also manifest itself through people. That your role is to be all that they need because you believe the lie that their life is dependent upon you. They need you to solve all of their problems, and so you try to be their vine. And we are terrible vines for other people, right? We, we try and give life to other people, and it does not turn out good for them or for you. Jesus is the true vine, not us. 
Jesus says, I am the vine, meaning we are not. And honestly, that's not a bad thing to, to verbally say out loud, to, to get up in the morning and to acknowledge, God, you are the vine and I am not. We have to know our role as the branch in Jesus' role in being the vine. Are you trying to function as the vine or are you trying to function as the branch? Because Jesus is the vine, I don't need to be. Instead, I can relax, I can be needy upon him and remain in him. We need Jesus in order to correctly function in our roles as branches. Because Jesus is the vine, I don't need to be. Uh, Another point that is important to mention is that because Jesus is the vine, we shouldn't try and attach our branches to other vines. Again, John 15, 5, I am the vine. Jesus is making a point here. Even going back to verse 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine. Jesus is making the point that metaphorically that there are other vines. I am the true vine. Don't confuse me with other vines. Don't try and attach yourself to vines that won't produce fruit. Don't try and attach yourself to vines that look like they will bring satisfaction, that that looks like they will bear fruit, that looks like they will bring life, but they are far from that. Jesus is saying, I am the true vine, the only vine you will find life in. I am the true vine, the only vine that will sustain you. I am the true vine, the only vine that will produce much fruit in you. I am the true vine. That that is Jesus. And listen, there are other vines in our lives trying to get you to attach your branch to. And and this is something I've had to ask myself while doing this study and and really honing into John 15, 3 through 5. I've had to ask myself, man, what vines in my life am I trying or attempting to attach myself to instead of Christ? What, What have I made to be a vine? I mean, I was, just before y'all were worshiping, I'm back here praying, and I was sitting there, and the Lord's bringing things to light and to mind of, where I was just back there repenting of these vines that I have tried to attach my branch to instead of the vine of Christ. What have you ever last made to be a vine? What are your branches trying to attach to that isn't the vine of Christ? Is it the vine of popularity? This false lie that if enough people like me, then I will find life. That then I'll be satisfied. Is it the vine of achievement? This false lie that if I do more and be the best and succeed in all the things, then I'll be satisfied. That if I find the best job, find that kind of spouse, or find that kind of house, then I'll bear fruit. When you have your life mapped out to achieve the best life possible, You are trying to attach your branch to that vine. Maybe for you, it's the vine of conformity. You are trying to conform to be like someone else so that people will look at you and think more highly of you. And it's the lie that if I attach my branch to this vine, then I'll have life. Maybe for you, it's comfort, control, approval of man. It's these vines that sometimes seem like they will bring life. We think that they will bear fruit. 
But in the end, they bring death and fruitlessness. You won't produce any fruit from that vine. It's not the true vine. It's not the vine that brings life. And everlast, you won't just be fruitless, you will be lifeless. Without the true vine, you aren't getting the nutrients you need, so therefore you aren't receiving life. You have attached yourself to a fake vine. And imagine that. Imagine you went to Hobby Lobby, and you bought a fake vine, and you found a real branch outside. So you get tape, and you tape that branch onto that fake vine. And then you sit there waiting for it to bear fruit. That sounds ludicrous. No one here would do that. Yet we so often do that spiritually. Trying to attach our branch to a fake vine that's not going to produce anything. And Jesus is saying, I am the vine. You are the branches. Abide in me. Abide in the true vine. And when you do that, you will bear much fruit. We need the right vine. Which leads us to our next point of this passage. Because Jesus is the vine, apart from him, we can do nothing. Verse 4, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Everlast, have you ever seen a branch bearing fruit? I mean, just growing to to the point of it looks amazing, delicious, right? It is thriving, just just ready to be eaten. You see, my parents have this peach tree in their backyard at their house in good old Texas. And man, it is some of the best fruit I have ever eaten. Like when you can just pick it off the tree, right, it's delicious, But let me tell you what I have never seen. I have never seen a branch that produces amazing, growing, delicious fruit by itself chilling on the ground. If a branch falls off the tree and lands on the ground, you would never see it produce fruit on the ground by itself. It wouldn't work. It is unable to produce because it is no longer connected to the source. And Jesus is saying in verse 4, if you, the branch, do not abide in the vine, you will not bear fruit. And since I am the vine and you are the branches, Jesus is saying, if you do not abide in me, you will not bear fruit. You will be like the twig on the ground with no life. We need Jesus in order to be fruitful. Verse 5, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I heard it once said, you can't do anything apart from the life of Christ in you. But you can do anything according to the life of Christ in you. You can't do anything apart from the, Christ, apart from the life of Christ in you. But you can do anything according to the life of Christ in you. In other words, if you remain in Jesus, if you abide in him, you can do anything with him according to his will. If you don't abide in Jesus, you can't do anything apart from him. 
Hosea 14, 8, God says, uh, says this, O Ephraim, what have I to do with idols? It is I who answer and look after you. I am like an evergreen cypress. From me comes your fruit. Any fruit that is produced in your life is because of Jesus. We can't do anything apart from him. Our fruit comes from him. And that's why you see in Galatians 5, through 23, when it refers to the fruit, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, notice that is singular, not plural, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. It doesn't say the fruits are love, joy, peace, etc. It says the fruit of the Spirit. Because the fruit of the Spirit, it is He, the Spirit, who is producing those fruits in you. Well, we can't produce those fruits without Him. And God has called you to abide in Him. And as you abide in Him, you bear fruit. And everlasting, to be a Christian is to bear fruit. Branches who bear fruit are Christians. We are to bear fruit. Bearing fruit is evidence of salvation. Jesus talks about this in Matthew 7 when he talks about discerning whether those who are professing Christ are true or false. He says, examine them by their fruit. Look at Matthew 7. should be on the screen. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. If I were to put in front of you a real apple and I put in front of you a plastic fake apple, you are going to be able to tell just by looking, just by seeing if that fruit is real or not. Fruits, fruit never lies. Right? You're going to be able to tell if one is good or if one is bad, if one is healthy or if it's not, if one is fake or if one is real. And I'm not saying this so we go around and start playing detective on who is in the Lord and who is not. I'm saying this for you. Are you producing and bearing good fruit? Is your branch abiding in and remaining in and connected to the vine? Therefore, blossoming with much fruit. Jesus says those who abide in him will bear much fruit, not just a couple fruits, but much. Is that evident in your life? Is the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians evident in your life? Right? If someone from your work or gym or sports clubs, teams that you're involved in, would that person be shocked to know you're a Christian? Would they look at your branch and see fruit or no fruit? It's really that simple. It's not do all these things to bear fruit. It's simply remain and abide in Jesus. It's depending on him on a daily basis, needing him every minute of every moment of every day. Staying with him, staying connected to him. 
Because apart from him, we can do nothing. Apart from him, we are fruitless. Apart from him, we are just dead twigs. And when we abide in Christ, he produces fruit that is lasting, it's eternal, and of glorious value for his glory and kingdom. And because Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, we can do nothing apart from him. Everlast, because Jesus is the vine, I don't need to be. Because Jesus is the vine, I don't have to try and attach myself to a different vine to find life. Because Jesus is the vine, I don't have to clean myself up. I'm already clean because of believing in the good news of the gospel. Because Jesus is the vine, we therefore need the vine. And Everlast, our prayer for me, our prayer for y'all, our prayer for us as a whole ministry is that we would simply abide. Amen? Let's pray.